Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast. So I'm starting something kind of new where I'm recording the podcast in pieces and not all at once. So let me know what you think of that. Jars of peanut butter are very much like the game Operation. Do you remember that? So the game operation is it's a board that looks like a human body and there's holes where things might go, like things doctors might do in the elbow. There's a tennis racket and it says tennis elbow and there's whatever. And you got to use these little metal tweezers to get the thing out of the hole. And if you hit the side where it's metal, it completes the circuit and it makes a terrible buzzing sound. When you get down to the bottom of a jar of peanut butter, it's just like that, except that there's no buzzing sound. As you try to get the peanut butter out of the bottom of the jar, you just get peanut butter all over your hand. Like So you're trying so hard to manipulate your wrist in just the right way where, where you don't get any peanut butter on your hand or your wrist or your fingers. Because it always ends up someplace you don't see it. And you don't know. And you get it all over yourself somehow on your clothes or... Can't we make wide-mouthed peanut butter jars? It's 2018. Can we not get a peanut butter jar with a, the, the opening is big enough for me to fit my hand in it? Wait a second. Why don't we have squeezed, like, ketchup bottles squeezed peanut butter? Is it not the right consistency? I feel like if you give it a squeeze, it's coming out. Maybe not. Maybe they've tried it. Or maybe I've invented the most genius thing of all time. One of those one of those two things might be true. Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Toxic Masculinity Crisis, available now on Amazon.com. So we had this contest on Twitter called 10,000 Books September. And the idea of the contest was that um, through word of mouth... And the excitement of a contest, we would sell 10,000 copies of the Toxic Masculinity Crisis in the month of September. Now, for one, for one second, let's ignore the fact that we fell a little short of our goal. <laughs> all in all, it went okay, right? We got a little bit of attention for that. Um... Now, there's a thing I can do with the book where I can make the Kindle version free for five days. I'm considering it. So through the Kindle store, I can sign up for this, uh, some kind of thing. I don't know. I think in the process, I don't know. I got to read the fine print a little more closely to make sure I don't lose any intellectual property rights in the process. But I think I can sign up for this thing and then I can make Kindle version free for five days. So let me know if that interests you. If you're somebody who's been thinking about possibly buying the book but haven't gotten around to it yet and you have a Kindle and you would take advantage of the free five-day offer and then, of course, go and tell all your friends how great it is, um, let me know. On Twitter, at Brown... No, that's not the Twitter. That's the old Twitter. At Dennis M. Brown, D-E-N-I-S. Hit me up. Let me know if that's something that interests you. Because if I get even, you know, even if I get a couple dozen people who say they would take advantage of that 
and then tell all their friends how great the book is. I will, uh, I'll do it. So let me know. So for me, I'm completely down with the Brett Kavanaugh thing. I 100% believe, as I did two, three, four weeks ago, um, that he will be confirmed to the Supreme Court. I believed, even before uh, Dr. Ford came forward, that all of this was just political theater, the pretending to oppose it and make ridiculous points in a hearing so they can use it later in a campaign ad. It's a very common Washington, D.C. behavior. This is what senators and congressmen do. They have hearings. They have... um, essentially these exploratory type meetings where they get people to come forward and then they yell and scream at those people for no reason and and out of context later in a campaign ad it makes them look fantastic. It has no bearing on reality and doesn't matter. So from the get-go, I said, they're going to confirm them. They're just going through the motions of this nonsense. So the Kavanaugh thing was slightly interesting briefly. And then I lost patience and interest in it. And so I don't really care and I don't really pay attention to what's going on with it. Um, I don't care if he's nominated, if he's confirmed or not. I just believe he will be. So if it comes out that he's not confirmed because uh, the Democrat Party has trotted out a bunch of lunatics, um, I guess so be it. Uh, It doesn't really matter to me. Although, much like Harry Reid whipping out that nuclear option, I think that it's something that they're going to regret. I think that the right has decided they're going to fight back. Some of them, at least. You know, not people like Jeff Flake. Oh, that guy's a loser. But anyway, so... Yeah, I kind of lost interest in the whole thing. But then I caught sort of wind of there's a new accusation or, or CNN was talking about or something where the guy might have thrown ice cubes at somebody. And they're all worked up and upset about it, which I find baffling. Like, we do realize, all of us, that teenagers do dumb things and that kids in college, which are essentially teenagers, out of the house for the very first time, without parental supervision for the very first time, accountable really after class to no one, are going to do some silly nonsense. You put a thousand 20-year-olds essentially in a giant hotel... (laughs) with nothing to do from Friday afternoon until Monday morning. They're going to do some silly nonsense. And they do. So if you go to any college in America, there's alcohol. I'm sure there's marijuana. There's probably all kinds of interpersonal, romantic, physical relationships. There's silliness. There's vandalism. There's all kinds of things. It's just part of the deal. One of the ways people learn about consequences is by their parents explaining consequences. And not the theoretical existence of consequences, but specific consequences. Like, oh, don't step off the curb in the road when you're four years old because you might get hit by a car. Hopefully your kid learns that. 
and doesn't get hit by a car. And the ball goes in the street, don't run and get it, you gotta look both ways, right? All these things, these consequences we teach our kids. Some consequences you have to learn for yourself. When my uncle, who I was thinking about not naming, but he is deceased, so perhaps I can. When my uncle Mike was in college, and I won't say what college, but when he was in college, during one of the breaks, I think it was spring break, they let the kids stay in the dorm. So now you have a bunch of 20-year-olds with access to alcohol and nothing to do for a whole week. So they had this surfing contest. And they would flood the hallway or just get the rug all wet and then they would soap themselves up and then surf down the hall. I don't really understand how it worked, but there was this big surfing contest. And then one time they got bored with that, I guess, and they decided to make a beach because they wanted to go to the beach for spring break, but they couldn't because I don't know why. So they decided to make a beach in the dorm. And somebody got a hold of like a dump trucks full of sand and brought it up to the second or third floor of the dorm. And if you've ever been in a big dorm bathroom, it's a you know large area with sinks and toilets and then a separate area that's uh, for showering. And, and this particular large kind of communal shower had a small doorway. So what they did was they removed the doors from the stalls of the toilets... They brought the beach sand into the sink area to make a beach to sit, to, sit, to sit on. And then they clogged the drains of the showers and started running the water. And as it filled up, they put the stall doors on the inside of the shower. They were The stall doors laid sideways were wider than the doorway to the communal shower area. So the water pressure of the, the rising flood blocked or pushed the stall door up against the inside of the shower and held it tight. It didn't really leak too much. But I guess it did start leaking down below or somebody complained or whatever the case may be. Somebody in authority showed up, was very upset by the scene and told them they needed to take it down immediately. Apparently that person wasn't a physicist because rather than unclog the drains of the shower and let the water drain out as engineers had designed it to, this administrator demanded they remove the stall door. So the water went through the bathroom, washed a bunch of sand with it down the hallway into the elevator shaft because that's how gravity works. (laughs) Now, my Uncle Mike was an awesome guy. Father, husband, had a PhD, worked at Bell Labs, until that didn't exist anymore. But he got up to antics as a young man. Quite frankly, the ice cube thing is much, much less destructive than building a beach in the shower. Oh, now we're going to gridlock. This is funny. I wish you could see what I'm looking at. (laughs) Maybe you should take a picture. 
So you're telling me that a Supreme Court nominee, when he was a young guy, might have thrown ice cubes at somebody when he might have been drinking beer. And you want America to be upset by it. You want... The whole point of telling the story is because you honestly believe that America is going to be upset to hear that someone threw ice cubes at another person. I don't even know if he threw them at another person. Maybe he was throwing them at the wall. I have no idea. Who cares? That's like saying that every kid who ever got an acorn fight in the Northeast is disqualified from the Supreme Court because he threw something at somebody. So stupid. But that's why I say he's going to be confirmed, because they're scraping so far down the bottom of the barrel. A bunch of the accusers, people are saying, oh, there are lots of accusers. A bunch of the accusers have been proven already to be total nuts, and now they're gone to ice cubes. The only people who care about any of this are people who already were opposed to him anyway. I know of no zero people who were convinced that somehow Brett Kavanaugh is, is uh, unqualified for the court based upon any of this nonsense. Whereas if you had trotted out Harvey Weinstein and Harvey Weinstein ap uh, accusations, you know, credible accusations of an adult sexual predator, the whole country would turn on the guy. But as dumb as it is to bring up throwing ice cubes when it comes to future Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, I do know a guy, I know a story I witnessed the story of a guy who was arrested for throwing ice cubes. I went to college as a young man on a small state university campus. Um, the Originally it was a teacher's college. It grew into a university, I believe, in the 70s and, and looked like it. The architecture was... sort of that not classical and not modern look. <laughs> and through the center of the part of the campus where they had built the dorms, there was a series of ponds. The kind of ponds you get when you dam up a little creek. And then they had built bridges, footbridges over the ponds for the students to walk to other dorms or to get something to eat. All in all, it's pretty nice. In the ponds lived ducks, which were fine. Sometimes the students would feed the ducks. Sometimes the ducks would swim around. Sometimes they'd sit on the grass next to the little ponds. I would say there was about 10 ducks. And there were three swans. Not swans, what are they? Geese, three geese. And not the Canada geese, not the good ones. The Canada geese will leave you alone. If you went running towards a crowd of Canada geese, they would all run away. These are the hyper-aggressive fat geese. I don't know what you call them. North American geese, American geese, something. Physically, they're of a much sturdier constitution than a Canada goose. The neck is probably five times as big. 
And as far as temperament goes, they're about as pleasant as a rabid wolf with the toothache. And my first encounter with these geese, I was talking to another student. It was our first week of school. And she was intrigued by the ducks, which weren't ducks. They were the geese. And uh, I said, oh, don't mess with those things. They're mean. And she laughed. She was from New York City. She laughed at me that, no, they were just ducks. And so she went over to go feed them some bread. And she got within about 15 feet of them. And two of them, I assume the males, postured up and spread their wings out really far and started running towards her, hooting and howling and squawking. And she ran away from them. And I laughed because I thought it was funny. If they got near the road and you drove by, now it's on campus, so the car's only going about five miles an hour, but if you drove by, they would attack cars. They would actually peck at, honk and peck at the wheels of cars as they drove by. That's how aggressive these birds are. They would regularly chase students. People avoid them like the plague. One winter's day, I was in my dorm room. Now, my dorm overlooked these ponds, and there was a hill, obviously, from the water up to the building. And in the back of the building, there was a loading dock for trucks to make deliveries and sort of a driveway ramp there. And then there was a door. The students could come in and out that door. So there was a student who'd come across the footbridge and encountered the geese, and the geese started to chase him. And he started to run. Now, normally, that'd be a pretty good strategy because most people are faster than geese. But in this particular case, it was early in the morning in the, on a winter's day, and the dew from the night before had frozen on that sort of driveway that went up to the loading dock. And the student was headed to the loading dock to get away from the geese. And as he ran up the hill, geese were right behind him, maybe four or five feet behind him. And he lost his footing and slipped on the ice. And I watched out the window. The noise of the geese chasing him up the hill is what got my attention. I looked out the window and there he ran up this hill and these geese chasing him. And then you got to picture this. As he started to slip, it was like he was running in place on a treadmill. So he was, his feet were running, but he wasn't going anywhere. And the geese were getting closer. And then all of a sudden, his feet went out from underneath him and he fell onto his stomach and his chest on the ground. And he didn't look like he got hurt. He caught himself with his hands. But the incline was significant enough. I'd say about 30 degree incline. Then he began sliding backwards down the hill towards the geese. I have to be honest, I laughed. It's just such a crazy scene to watch. But then the geese started pecking him in the legs and the arms. And he rolled over and covered himself with his hands and managed to get up. And he tried to kick one of the geese and missed and almost fell a second time, but didn't. And then he ran down the ramp. And they gave chase. And further on down the street, past one of the other ponds and out of sight. I don't think five people saw that happen. 
you had to have been in your dorm room listening, not listening to music loud. Um, so anyway, so I, so I witnessed that. Later, I saw the same student being led across the campus. I had gone to class, and, and he was being led across the campus by three college police or campus patrol, whatever they call them, and two state troopers in handcuffs. Oh, that's so weird. So I was with a, a friend, and I told my friend on the whole story. That's the guy. He was running away from the geese. He slipped and fell. He slid down the hill. They were pecking him. So somebody overheard that, and they're like, oh, that's what he got arrested for. I'm like, what do you mean that's what he got arrested for? Well, apparently he got to a balcony in a different dorm, and he got a bucket of ice cubes. And the geese were down below, sort of off the side of the pond, and he started whipping ice cubes at them. Which seems fair to me. I mean, they did chase him up a hill and then peck him in his legs and arms and back and ribs. And they're not wimpy little birds. Like, these are serious birds. It probably, not to say he's going to go to the hospital, but it probably hurt. So he's throwing ice cubes at them, which is the same thing. Like, it's not going to kill them, but it's probably going to hurt. And he's not close, by the way. The balcony to where they were, just vertically, is probably 50 yards. And then they were, you know... I mean, he was throwing the ice cubes pretty far. He probably wasn't very successful hitting them, although he may, he may or may not have hit one or two of them. I don't know. But in the process of him throwing ice cubes at the geese, apparently he was also screaming profanities at them. Again, seems totally measured as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's a reasonable response. And some environmental, eco-friendly student hippie walked by and witnessed this this profanity laced ice cube throwing at these geese and was very offended and so called the campus police who take their jobs very seriously and so they decided or they already knew I don't know to look up the endangered status of the geese and apparently these geese are a protected species now why you protect these things I have no idea I think you should probably just eat them all but that's not how we do things so they're a protected species so the campus police called the state police to say that they had a credible report of a student attacking an endangered species or protected species <laughs> So then the, the state police came and they went to the to the kid and, and they interviewed him and asked him about it and he told the truth. They left out the part that the geese were an endangered species and that it was a crime to throw ice cubes at them. So they told they asked him what was going on and he told them the story. The things chased him, they pecked him. Who knows? Maybe he showed him some bruises. And then he said, Yeah, so I got some ice cubes and I was throwing ice cubes at them to, as revenge. So they arrested him. Throwing ice cubes at endangered species, endangered waterfowl, is a crime in the United States of America. And you can be arrested. 
My guess is in the end he got a fine. I don't think he actually probably went to prison over it. Being a moron when you're in college or high school and throwing ice cubes around while you're drunk and perhaps hitting people with ice cubes, I guess technically is assault, but kind of just fits into the whole 20-year-old no supervision, access to alcohol, antics, a thousand 20-year-old boys spending all their time together sort of thing. I don't... I know that nobody actually cares. I mean, nobody who wasn't opposed to Kavanaugh before cares about the ice cubes. Apparently, CNN Gleef reported it like it was going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Which is everything that's wrong with our news media. Like anyone cares about the ice cubes. Goodness gracious. So that's where we're at. Kavanaugh's going to be confirmed. And he's going to the Supreme Court. So if you heard the news that he might have mistreated a girl when he was 17 and you were gleeful about it, that you were going to stop this monster, which he's not, from going to the Supreme Court, I'm sorry. You're not going to stop him. He's going to go to the Supreme Court. It's just how it works. And if you're one of the people who thought that throwing ice cubes disqualified someone to go in the Supreme Court, you're a silly person. You should reevaluate many, many things in your life. So listen, I hope you all have a fantastic day today. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We'll talk to you next time.